Well, I'm sure that here at St. Christopher's, you never, ever have a dull sermon. With your excellent clergy and uh, lay ministers, I'm sure it never happens. Uh, but in one church where a vicar was struggling just a little bit to keep his congregation awake on a Sunday morning, he decided he'd try and get their attention by conducting a little experiment during the sermon. So he took four jars, one with alcohol in it, one with cigarette butts in it, another with chocolate syrup in it, and another with some good clean soil straight from the garden. And the vicar then took a worm, children loved it of course, and placed a worm in each of the jars. At the end of the sermon, he produced the jars to inspect them. The jar with the worm and the alcohol, worm dead. Jar with worm and cigarette butts, worm dead. Jar with worm and chocolate syrup, worm dead. Jar with worm and good clean soil, very much alive and probably wriggling. So he then asked the congregation, so tell me, what, what can we learn from this little experiment? And hand went up at the back, and it was Maxine, who was always quick off the mark. And he said, Maxine, yes, what can we learn? And Maxine said to him, if you drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't get worms. <laughs> well, that's one take on things. It is. When Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, life in all its fullness, he had something a little bit different in mind. A former bishop, John V. Taylor, once said, God doesn't care very much whether you are religious, but he does care very much whether you are alive, alive with every fiber in your body and every longing in your soul. What does it mean to be alive in this way? To be alive in this way is not just to be well-fed and cared for, to find ourselves in a good physical environment, although those things are really important to human flourishing, and they're part of what has always been the ministry and service of the church to those in need. But to be alive with every fiber in our body and every longing in our soul is about being alive to the miracle of life itself and to the gift of life that is ours through Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection. It's to know ourselves as those made in God's image, as God's beloved children, to know that our lives have significance and purpose to have opportunities that enable us to grow and to flourish in, in mind and body and spirit, to know joy and wonder, to know love and friendship, hope for the future, including the ultimate hope of life renewed beyond the grave. Our first reading from Ephesians reminds us, first of all, that a life apart from God is no life at all. In it, St. Paul reminds the Ephesians that before they came to know Christ, 
they were in reality <clears throat> dead through the sins in which they once lived. Now, sin is a, a rather religious-sounding word. You don't really hear people talking about it uh, much today, except perhaps in church. And when you do, it's often used in a way that makes sin sound as if it's, it's kind of mainly about giving in to small temptations or bad habits that might be naughty but nice. In Christian terms, it's something so much more destructive it's about following a path that leads, well, to everything that is wrong in our world, everything that is unjust and corrupt, destructive not only of our human community, but ultimately destructive of, well, our planet, but also ourselves. And the wonderful, liberating, restoring good news of Jesus is that God is able to set us on a different path, a path that does lead to life in all its fullness, the life for which God created us. And it's that path on which God has set our confirmation candidates, and we rejoice in that today. It's that path on which God seeks to lead all of us, and that we also, as I said, have a chance to recommit ourselves to today as we come to pray for our candidates. Just listen again to the wonderful words that are used in Ephesians of God's nature, God's love and intentions towards us. God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved, he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And he does this because of the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God. It's to this life-giving path that we see Jesus calling his first disciples in our gospel reading from Mark. Jesus' call is to turn away from a way of life, a way of life that is really no life at all. The word repent, which we get to hear in our confirmation services, has, has a sense of turning away from and turning to something else. It isn't just saying sorry. And Jesus calls his hearers to a different way, a way that faces towards the kingdom of God, which is drawing near. But more than this, Jesus calls those who follow him to become part of a movement of life, for he calls his first disciples to also take the good news to others. He calls the fishermen of the Sea of Galilee to be those who fish for people instead, those who alongside Jesus cast their nets wide, the net of the kingdom, and invite others to become part of that kingdom, citizens of that kingdom of justice and joy. Well, our candidates for confirmation today all began on their own journey with Jesus at their baptism, and it's a journey that they have shared in, 
as part of their families, part of the church family here. And today, they come to make that continuing journey very much their own. In different ways, faith has come alive for them. They've begun to understand more and more of who Jesus is, of the life that Jesus gives and the life he calls us to. And so today, they do a number of things. They take upon themselves the promises made at their baptism. They make a public commitment to following Christ and to being Christ's witnesses in the world, casting wide the net of that kingdom alongside Jesus. But do you know, most importantly of all, most importantly of all, today God does a few things. And as hands are laid on them, and as prayer is made, God will confirm them in his Holy Spirit. The Spirit who's already been their guide will come and make a home ever more fully within them as they continue to open themselves up to his life and his call upon their lives. And as they're confirmed in the Holy Spirit, through the same Spirit, God will give to each gifts, gifts to be used in the service of God's church and God's world. So, Louisa, Asher, and Jacob, I encourage you to be open to the gifts and calling that God has for you, and to be assured it will be a calling that brings life in all its fullness. You have many gifts already, I know. I've heard a little bit about you all. You have many gifts. But it is my prayer that God will add to these and will show you over the years ahead how those gifts might best be offered as you join Jesus' movement for life and seek to make that life known to others. And so let's now pray for our candidates to confirm them. But also for ourselves, confident in the God who leads us all from death to life in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>